0: All right, here we are once again in the 5th Dimension Lounge, so happy to have you with us. As always, I am the Duke of Detroit, you can call me Duke. Today is a muck episode. We have MJ and Chuck. How are you, gang? Good. Back to the muck, huh? Back to the muck. Tim put in his PTO.
1: I still haven't gotten any of that.
0: Yeah, well it just means he's (laughs) taking the time off. We should really start calling him part-time Tim.
1: (laughs) You've
2: not earned it yet,
1: Chuck. Uh, Yeah, I know, I know. I I haven't put in enough hours.
0: Well, we have long promised this episode. I feel like we've been talking about this for weeks. Severance. Tonight's episode is going to be on the TV show on Apple TV called Severance. So stick around. We'll talk about that. But we have a handful of other things to get to first. First and foremost, you can go on our website, 5th, that's 5th, Dimension Lounge, or if you're really lazy, like I am, 5dlounge.com. And there you can buy our T-shirts. You can look at our art. You can uh, see what a cough towel really looks like. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, as well as Weed Life uh, and Facebook. Just look up 5th, again, 5TH, Dimension Lounge. uh, You should be able to find us quite easily. We put a lot on Instagram and Twitter uh, and Facebook, actually. I'm on those every single day putting out new content. And what we'll do is we'll take pictures of either paintings we've done or things we've been to and slap our logo in there somewhere. I don't know. I like it. It seems fun. So I hope you enjoy it. Have you, uh, have you put up any of our recent paintings on there? I put yours in from this last weekend. So this last weekend, you painted your campfire. Yeah. And I was looking at it, I want to say Saturday night. And for whatever reason, it was just speaking to me. And I was like, the world's got to see this. So I, <laughs> I put it out on Instagram and Twitter. So uh, I hope people enjoy your fire. I showed my wife she wasn't
1: as impressed she wasn't as impressed (laughs) No.
0: Was she as high as you were no that's why
2: you were so proud of you
0: and I was proud of me so when we go up to Ludington uh it's a group of guys but we always make fires every night and we'll sit out there and we will just get baked and stare into the fire and I come up with little stories of what's going on in there I see objects in the burning embers and it's like a little diorama to me Mm. uh but again we're baked so the other night we're painting. No. I know. <laughs> That's you shocking, don't right? say. So last Friday, Chuck and I are painting. And what were we smoking? Do you remember?
1: No idea. We bought Maybe something she? from Jars. Yeah.
0: I can't remember what it was yeah. called. Anyway, um, he is enthralled in his picture, in his painting. He is staring at it so hard. He's just sitting down. Yeah, I kept sitting
1: down and just like staring at seven it. Seven
0: feet away. And he's like, I see things in it. He's like, I see things. <laughs> And he did. Is it a
2: diorama?
0: It was. He was pointing out everything that was going on in it, and there's a night here and this and that there, and it was impressive. It was very impressive. So I, too, was high where I I could find some things. The next day when I was not high, I could not find anything.
2: (laughs) It's a new day, a new you. Right. At that point, it was an
0: average painting of a campfire. But high, it's like the most gorgeous piece of art I've ever seen.
2: Nice.
0: So enjoy that on Instagram. Good compliment. Or Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Most gorgeous piece. Well, speaking of putting things on our social media, last week we did our whole episode on foods, right? Snacks, to-go foods, beverages. Well, I like to put out pictures during the week to entice people to listen to the podcast. So when we had the Batman episodes, I just took some Batman pictures, and then I doctored them up and made them a little more artsy. So Chuck came over Friday night to paint. I'm like, hey, man, we got some errands to run. (laughs) So I took him him to Michael's because we had to get paint. And the next door was a Kroger, so we ran in there. And He's like, "What are we doing at Kroger?"
1: I'm like, "We just got to get some shit from our list." So he, he told me no details. He just no. like, we just pulled in a Kroger. I'm like, "Why are we are we grocery shopping?" Like, and and we did pretty much. What do you guys want? Five Guys Burger, McDonald's fries, Jersey Mike's, 43, and then honeycombs, cheese whiz, assorted olives and meats, Ritz crackers, and then Red Robin. Give me some campfire sauce. Easter egg, Reese's Easter egg specifically, peanut butter Twix, peanut butter Twix, but the old ass ones, not the new ones,
2: Doritos,
0: Bellflower Sandwich, Sheesh Mediterranean, Johnny Noodle King, homemade pizza rolls, pizza bobs, peanut butter shake, orange phantom, mead, strawberry
1: banana, honey smoothie, mead, strawberry banana, honey smoothie, and wine, oh, and pickle juice, and pickle juice, and pickle juice pickle juice
2: freshly inspired and obviously $100 poorer walking out yeah
0: but the big win was i'm like we need to go cuz we were hungry we were, we were going to go to dinner anyway like we got to go to jersey mikes so we can get tims jersey mikes number 43 along with the chipotle mayo side sauce like ask for that like mm-hmm. he does then we got to that r- was
2: for the mcdonald's Right. Fries. You're exactly Dip. right. Yes.
0: So there's a McDonald's across the street. So we ran over there to get a large fry at McDonald's. We shoot home and we sit down. I'm not going to lie. Tim was fucking right. That was <laughs> delicious. <laughs> I fucking ate the shit out of that sandwich. It was so good. I mm-hmm. was so impressed. So I took some pictures of it. I took a picture of the sandwich itself with the McDonald's French fries and the dipping sauce there and put it on Instagram. That was our cover photo this week. And So we had some honeycombs and... Um, Doritos, Doritos yeah. on a baking sheet, and uh, the Duchess was like, I'm going to eat all those. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: looks so good. Thanks for putting those on display for me.
0: Well, then I started getting texts from friends today after I sent that picture on Instagram. They're like, oh, I love honeycombs, or oh, I love Doritos. I'd smash that right now. So people are looking. That's I, good. I'm liking the pictures. That was a fun little uh, adventure we went on. Well, yeah. I have a question. Yes.
2: Did any of uh, the lizards follow up with food items that they like? Or Not yet, because to add to the list.
0: Technically, the episode only dropped yesterday. Mm-hmm. So this is oh, that's true. just coming out. Um, but I, I think it went over well. We have a lot of downloads. I mean, this, this episode jumped up for sure. Awesome. Yeah. So that was a fun little adventure. You know, I wanted to mention something. In last week's episode, you gave me your song choices. Yes. And the second song choice was Stereophonics. Mm-hmm. I only know this band because of one reason. This last, uh, oh, I want to say it was November, maybe it was December, I was in Nashville. I got up to my room one night, it was super late, and on HBO was the movie Jackie Brown. It was a Quentin Tarantino movie. I want to say 1996, 5, mm-hmm. I'm guessing.
2: I think that sounds right.
0: Yeah, somewhere in yeah, there. that sounds about right. Um, interesting movie. Kind of weird. Lots of strange people in it, like Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't picture him with Quentin Tarantino for some reason.
2: Bridget Fonda.
0: Bridget Fonda. She was really good in it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm watching part of the movie, and a big storyline is that Jackie Brown loves this band, The Stereophonics. And she recommends it to her, I want to say is a bounty hunter or parole officer or something. Uh, so he goes to a record store to look up Stereophonics. It made me, on my phone, look up Stereophonics. I'd never heard of this band except for that movie. So for you to bring it up, I, I thought that was pretty neat. Awesome. <clears throat> uh,
1: I, you know, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but... I didn't realize that was part of the movie.
0: Yeah. it's,
1: a, it's a, Interesting. It's a good movie. flushes out the characters a little bit. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. listen to what they like.
2: I think I saw that one about the time it was released. Yeah. And, and that was the only time I'd ever seen that.
0: It wasn't good enough to go see again.
2: That's kind of how I felt. Yeah. I, w- I, I love Quentin Tarantino movies,
0: but... Yeah, me too.
2: That one was... It's the weakest link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too.
0: Do you, do you have one that's weaker than that, Chuck? Oh, yeah, for sure. You don't think that? Hateful Eight wasn't weaker. Than oh my that. god, I love Hateful Eight. Really? Yeah. How do you not I, like Hateful Eight? Yeah.
2: Oh man, what's her what's her name? <coughs> uh, was in there. Crazy chick. Of the Yes. And her face, I just wanted to wash her face so bad. <laughs> it was so filthy.
0: God, the Hateful Eight was so great. That fucking opening scene and all that snow and the fucking horse carriage is coming down and the guy's like, "I'm gonna die out here." Like, that, was, that shit was powerful. I and liked that movie. Kurt Russell in it with his. How did we get on this? Why are we talking about the hate? Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Jackie Tarantino. Brown. Oh. Give me another one. Give me another one you think that's lower. Uh, I don't know if there would be in my book. The only other one I can think of, which probably I need to go back and rewatch, was Dusk. I'm sorry. Dusk Till Dawn.
2: Wasn't that one of his first?
0: It was. And I want to say that one was earlier than Jackie Brown. So that yes. was like 93, 94. I think that one 95? does that
2: not predate Pulp Fiction? 96?
1: Yeah, it has to.
0: I think. I think it does too. No, no, It's after Reservoir Dogs and after Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. Because uh, that's the only reason I went to see it was because I saw those other two movies. I mm. was so impressed. Okay. Um, but I just remember, again, that was when George Clooney was big. So it was right before he did Batman. Yes.
2: I didn't, you know what? I don't think I ever saw that one. I'll have to make it a point to watch that.
0: I don't remember if it was truly good or not. It ta- it's just, it's a weird movie that takes a big turn that you don't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. If, you,
1: if you didn't watch the trailers.
2: I remember my dad saying, that movie was so dumb.
1: Yeah, that's how I felt too. I thought it was it was comical. But I haven't seen it for years. The last
0: half hour is the best half hour of the whole movie. The rest of you don't even need. My Fair enough. Two
1: cents. You it's know got, what my problem is? It's got Cheech in it. It's like it? a bouncer. Cheech Marin? Yeah. yeah. Probably down in that Mexican bar. I can yeah. see that. He's like out front and he's telling them about the prices and stuff.
0: I want to say it's one of Salma Hayek's. First movies
1: too, but mm-hmm. I might just be
0: pulling that out of my ass. That might be incorrect. I don't know. I feel like she was a stripper in that.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: But Quentin Tarantino, I think one of the reasons I didn't like it is Quentin Tarantino was such a major character in it. I don't think he's a great actor. Mm. Like yeah. Reservoir Dogs, he plays one of the guys. A cameo. Yeah, he's good to, in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, really plays quick the guy's house. G- cameo too. Yeah, so that's perfect. That's the kind of role he should be. He yeah. Can't resist getting a spot in his own, own stuff. His own yeah. stuff. Yeah. I would too. I mean, if we make a movie about our podcast, believe me, I'm going I'm to be in it at some point. Kind of you know, like uh,
2: Stan, Stan Lee <laughs> oh, yeah. always made a cameo appearance in all his Yeah. rest in peace.
0: Rest in peace, Stan Lee. Do you know where that really started? I don't.
3: There was a time when it was all about comics for me. You know, I, I had a girl probably the same as yours. She always complained that I spent too much time with my own comics. Mallrats. Mallrats mm. was a
0: Kevin Smith-directed movie. I mean, that movie was so far fucking ahead of its time. Um, all about nerd culture, comic book culture, guys breaking up, uh, girls breaking up with their boyfriends, and you know what they go through. It's really fucking good. Hanging out at a mall, and then they have Stan Lee in this movie, uh, who plays himself. And they didn't originally think they'd be able to get a Stan Lee. So they were actually going to call him, um, Stan Miller across between Stan Lee and, um, Oh my God, what's his name? George Miller. No, it's another writer for comic books. that's really famous. I can't think of his first name. So they were going to combine those names and pick some actor. But one of the writers or producers is somebody that was working with Kevin Smith. Like, Hey, I know Stanley. This might actually work. Um, So Stan Lee comes to set, they tell him his part, he's all into it, and as soon as they kind of walk him through what he's going to be doing, he goes, you know, this whole storyline you have me saying is about all these women that I've loved and how one got away. He goes, I'm happily married, I always have been, I don't want to do that to my wife. He goes, what would you think if at the end I said, you know, this other guy, his friend, put me up to saying all that. He's like, that's perfect, do that.
3: Of course, the Green Goblin showed up.
0: So that's how that whole part came to be. Mm. Then you fast forward, oh my gosh, 15 years-ish for the first real Marvel movie to come out, which was Iron Man. Iron they put Stan Lee in yep. it. Then the Hulk movie they put him in. And then there's a slew afterwards, right? Then they do 20 movies with him in it, all bit parts. Just quick little cameos. But in Captain Marvel's movie, which was Carol Danvers, what's the actress's name? Um, Brie Larson? Brie Larson. So Brie Larson... You know they have this big woman-led movie, right? It's going to be a big deal, and it was. It was absolutely fantastic. My wife loved it. I loved it. Um, There's a cameo by Stanley in a bus, but the beginning of the movie takes place years earlier, 1995, and it shows Stanley in the bus reading the script for Mallrats, Ah. which pulls Mallrats into the Marvel universe. That makes it canon. Like that's incredible. That's fun. That was a really long story about nothing. That I was a really
2: long it. story about Quentin Tarantino making <laughs> cameo appearances in his own
0: movies. What the fuck? I am so sorry, man. We A <laughs> little <some>
1: tangent. <laughs> it's okay.
0: We go down some weird rabbit holes. Um, last thing I want to touch on before we jump into our, well, we can talk about a couple TV shows and stuff, but you mentioned last week that new Nick Cage movie. Yes. I want to see that. Let's see that this yes. weekend. Are you guys free Saturday night?
4: I think.
2: Possibly, Let's yes. see if we can make this work. I just okay. talked to the
0: Duchess. I just told Chuck he's mm. going to talk Chuck with Queenie.
1: I don't know if Tim's back in town.
2: I have to have a recliner. That's, that's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I mean it. Don't, don't like all movie theaters have recliners now? I guess, but just I a, just
2: go so infrequently. I think I'm just still like oh, in okay. shock and awe at how they've really come a long way. But I do require earplugs at the movie theater. Oh, really? Yes. Really, so deafeningly loud, In, I find.
0: I'm so deaf, anyway, yeah, from all the too. concerts I've been to. I guess it doesn't bother me. You've just been, you've
2: ruined your hearing. Huh? More so than I, huh? 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 What'd you say? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you, you and I are going to be in bad shape when we're older, because well, I can't hear for shit.
0: Well, hopefully next week we can give a thumbs up or thumbs down if we liked this movie. And if it's good enough, maybe we make a whole episode about it. But I feel like it's going to be completely quotable. I feel like it's going to be a movie just filled with quotes.
2: I mean, he, that's kind of, I feel like, Nicolas Cage jam a little bit. He got kind of kitschy for a bit. Yeah. He's so great. I, I th- I've i always enjoyed
1: yeah. his movies. Yeah. I've got some good ones out there. <laughs> I, there's some recent ones that are a little odd. but
0: Well, I played last They're week. They're not
2: all gems.
0: Right. <laughs> I played a drop last week of... A woman going, didn't you see Croods 2? <laughs> He's like, I saw Con Air. I saw The Rock. Like, I don't need to see Crudes 2. Why the fuck would I do that? Gone in 60 seconds.
2: Yes. I like that oh,
0: That's one. a good one. That's a great one. Yeah. Angelina Jolie when she was like new on the scene.
2: Yeah. When she was probably all of 25 years old.
0: I sometimes I feel like we could make this whole show just about us talking about movies and TV shows. (laughs) We do. We lean that way pretty heavily. We do. I swear to God, four months ago, MJ was like, "Look, I don't even need to watch TVs or TV shows or movies. I just want music. That's all I want."
2: (laughs) Come to find out, I spend an awful lot. Of time, I can ask you
0: about any movie, and you'll give me a dissertation. I ask you what song you want to play, you're like, "Hold on, I don't remember." (laughs) What else? Speaking of which, MJ, are you watching anything else on TV right now? Anything new?
2: I am. I, uh, I being on the Apple TV kick with Severance. I had been ha- intending to watch it, but the morning show.
0: Oh, is it good? Oh I've heard my that's gosh!
2: Good. So far, so good. Okay. I think I'm only three episodes in because they're all closer to one hour episodes. But you know, Jennifer Aniston, uh, not naked, Dale. Can you see my pussy?
0: Reese Witherspoon. Reese
2: Witherspoon. But thankfully, that same day, she entered the Beta Delta Pi wet t-shirt contest where she was completely hosed down from head to toe. Mm. Steve Corral. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> Michael. Uh, Michael. <laughs> like some really top-notch yeah. acting. And the beginning so far is just about basically this career turnover. Who was, um, was it Matt? Uh, no. Matt Lauer. Yeah, was he the creep, yeah. cr- the guy that got fired?
0: Yes, for having sex with all the yes. interns and people below him. Yes, yeah, so yeah.
2: Steve Carell is kind of taking on that that whole persona as a successful morning show anchor, co-anchor with okay. Jennifer Aniston's character. And it finally catches up with him, and they let him go. And then Jennifer Aniston is like having to hurry up and make sure her career is secure because her contracts are up for renewal as well. And then Reese Witherspoon is just this Kentucky reporter who's working for a very small um, news reporting show, and she is attending an oil or a coal protest, and some guy knocks over her cameraman, and somebody catches on social media or on camera her really digging into this guy and it got, like, 5 million views, and so it caught the attention of the morning show, so they wanted to bring her on and interview her as that, and so it's all just kind of building up and getting off the ground, and so far, it's like, so we, I didn't want to go to bed that first nice. night. It's like, oh, it's 2 a.m. Yeah, it's always nice to I I you find something
1: that's that good, you know? <laughs>
2: so we need,
0: yeah. We need Chuck to knock over a microphone. And then we need MJ just to tear into you. I'll okay. record it. And then we get five, how many? How many five million. Five million. Five million, That's okay. all you need. I'll, yeah. Volu- I'll volunteer. Yeah. Uh, but Actually,
1: you, the reality is if I knocked over this mic, I would jump he would over be this yelling table. at me. Not you. Yeah. And we would get no views because.
0: That broken mic would be up your ass so fast. <laughs> wow. I would hop Sorry. over this thing. <laughs> And, then, and leave you a receipt of what you need to Can go get. Can you
2: feel the love tonight? So
0: I'm assuming that show's a drama?
2: I, I'm i going to say yes.
0: And I'm assuming there's no like sex scenes in it?
2: I don't know yet. Okay. There
0: could be. Well, I think it's playing down on that culture that they don't want that, so I'm assuming there won't be. But you said Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, so I was kind of hoping there would be, but... <laughs> It is what it is.
2: <laughs> I think it probably is all going to be about the show, okay. about the production of it, about these two, you know, these two women learning to st- start this new area era of their careers and how to work together to make it a success, so that they both shine right. and boost each other up for.
0: Well, I have not watched a single show on Apple TV yet that has not been Dynamite. Yeah. Mm. Every single one, the production value, the storylines, they've done very well. So I'll check it out. Agreed. I didn't watch it when it first came out because it was kind of sort of near when the whole Matt Lauer thing came down. Mm. And I was just sick of hearing about it, to yeah. be honest. And it felt like it was low-hanging fruit. Hey, this is going on. We're gonna hurry up and make a show about it. Now, I should have realized because of the status of these, you know, high-profile characters—or I'm sorry, actors—that mm-hmm. it was going to be
1: fantastic. Because mm-hmm. I mean, all three of those people are great. Yes. So it should be a good show. I'll give it a whirl. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm I've ready for good it. things about it. The second season <clears throat> just came out, right? Isn't there? I
2: think this. I th- I believe there are three seasons. Oh, is there three now? Okay, I think okay. so. So I was right. like, oh, well, I must get
0: started.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard good things about it, and Apple TV has not disappointed with no. Anything Mm -mm. I mean, everything I've watched on there has been fantastic.
0: So, one show that I fell into that I absolutely love is Breaking Bad.
1: This Mm, was years ago when it came
0: out. So, when Better Call Saul came out, I started watching that. So good! So good. So, the fifth season was just released on Netflix I don't know, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. It was right before the new season came out on AMC. I don't have AMC, everything I have is. Hulu and Netflix and Disney and Amazon Prime. I didn't have AMC Plus and I didn't want to spend more money on it.
2: Another subscription. Right. And I
0: had not watched season 5 yet but then they put it on Netflix to kind of promote season 6 and I burned through that thing in three days. Really? Season 5 was so fucking good and the way it ends I was like oh my god I I gotta get AMC Plus. So I jumped into AMC Plus and (laughs) the first two episodes fantastic. I did not watch the one from Monday night I'm saving it as a treat for myself after we record tonight. Ooh, kind good of excited. Call. Thank you. It's a pretty good plan. Such a good show.
2: It really is. It, ch- it was do- so well written. And who plays his brother?
0: Uh, Lenny from *Laverne and Shirley*.
2: <laughs> Isn't he also? Did you guys see Howard the Duck back in the day? Yes. I think he was the like mad scientist.
0: No, nope. no, that guy was the guy from *Beetlejuice*.
2: Yes, that's not the same guy. No. Oh, this is the guy from, like, Best in Show. Yes. Yep, yep, okay. And okay. Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. And yes, Laverna but all the, all the Christopher Guest movies.
0: <laughs> yes. That's so <laughs> funny you said that. I didn't realize they were Christopher Guest movies. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Man, I just started watching a documentary last night on National Lampoon, the old magazine. I did not realize how funny and ahead of its time it was. It's been canceled since 1998, so mm-hmm. I completely missed it but during the 60s and 70s, it was uh, maybe just early 70s, I'm sorry. It was huge, yes. absolutely huge. And they do a lot with Jim Belushi, Chevy Chase, all these old Saturday Night Live guys, and Christopher Guest was there a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking as I'm watching this, whatever happened to that guy? Because I think he was in Spinal Tap. I know he was on Saturday Night Live. I don't really remember what else he did, but you're right. He had a bunch of shit like Best in Show. Yes,
2: Best in Show, um, Waiting for Goffman. Uh, what was the folk
0: one? Oh yeah, I skipped that. Man, I it was don't think a I've mighty wind.
2: It was it was actually really good. All these shows, that final Tap.
0: yeah, are so th- good. Are the same kind of humor, and it's different. It's got you know Wes They're Anderson all
2: mockumentaries. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. Wes Anderson has his own like theme. Like if you see a Wes Anderson movie, yeah. you know ahead of time what you're getting. Right. Same with Christopher Guest. It's always those kind of, you're right, mockumentaries. Mm -hmm.
2: But what they're like, you know, they go in being these mockumentaries. So for like A Mighty Wind or even Spinal Tap, like as humorous as they are, these actors have these real singing talents and capabilities of working together so, the shows that are a result of these movies end up being so good, also, yeah. even though Great. it's a series, you know, a comedy of errors along the way of getting to the actual production.
0: So, it's funny you say that. In the National Lampoon, they had their troupe, their comedy troupe called The Lemmings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what they did was singing. They did mm. a lot of singing. So, um, oh, Blue Shoe was pretending he was Cocker and singing, and Christopher Guest was. Pretending, I want to say Peter O'Toole, but that can't be right. He was pretending to sing like somebody else. But they all have an instrument, and they sit there and play, and they, they can. Yeah. They're musically inclined. They're so t-
2: multi-talented. Well,
0: I feel like, too, watching this documentary, that people in the 70s were just smarter than we are now. <laughs> like They they didn't get bogged down in Instagram and podcasts right. and everything else. They just fucking read. It was incredible. And I, networked. Yeah, I'm and I'm sure that's a big I mean, All they did was...
1: Went out and did things. Mm-hmm. They didn't watch things.
0: Yeah. It's different. Anyway. did
2: Chuck, did you get into Better Call Saul?
1: I did, but I, I, I'm, I've only watched maybe halfway through the third season, something like that. Um, relation- I got sidetracked on yeah. it. And I, I need to catch up. Something I, else. It's a great show. I mean, really I have is. nothing against it. What are you watching these days, um, Chuck? I don't know if we're really, we haven't really picked up anything new. Um, we started watching, oh, you'll like this one just i know shit. i know right where it's going All right. it's a dick show i it's can feel a it dick show it's <laughs> i lots knew of it dongs. as soon as i read this Is it show Minx? it's called meingside oh yeah. i just
2: ripped through it
1: oh did you finish extremely it extremely
2: fast yes
1: okay i think i'm about halfway through it's good it's really good it's really good <laughs> yeah. and there are a lot of
2: dicks there's like a lot i said of dicks. dicks be repping these days it, there, there's
1: like a lot like <laughs> like a pretty incredible amount um so so we um <laughs>
0: I love A it. pretty incredible amount. I love that you knew first of all where I was going to go with it and you didn't even say the name because I already knew where you were going to go yeah. with it.
1: Well, you know. Um, I guess you know how my mind works when it comes to dongs. Um, <laughs> no, I so so Queenie picked this out. Okay. She wanted to watch it. It was, you know, they don't give you a lot on the description of it and we were downloading it too so it's we weren't watching it. Yeah. Like, you just get a really brief description. It's basically like Something about a dogs, you know, feminist magazine in the seventies or something like that. And it was really just more of the time period. She really likes that, yeah. You know, um,
2: women c- feminists coming up,
1: yeah. And and it's got a good premise and it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the actors in it. Um, but yeah, it was immediately into just dongs. Well, it's, it's not the show I thought you were going to mention. Oh, okay.
0: There's, what's the name of the guy from True Blood? Really tall blonde she guy. So
2: happened to come up,
0: Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. So Alexander Skarsgård is that his name? Big, oh, big, the, tall, blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know his name. Swedish guy. He is in some new show or movie. I want to say it's like the Northerner or something with Nicole oh, Kidman. No, it's a I new was,
1: movie. It's called like The Northmen or something. Yes. Yeah.
0: So apparently, I'm reading this article. And they're like, Yeah, why doesn't a movie need a guy to be naked? Two guys to be naked fighting on the edge of a volcano with their dogs flying all around. All I could think of was like Chuck would love that
1: movie. <laughs> He's got to watch that. It's right well, up his alley. I don't. I don't like go there for the dogs. No, like, they just enhance maybe your experience. Just good things have dogs in them, you know. They know enhance my experience. Um, so the, there was there was an episode. I don't know the last one that we watched, and the uh, of minks, correct? Of minks. Okay. The um, there was a, a point where one of the mo- the male models was, they weren't showing him like fully nude. Mm-hmm. And my wife was like, what the heck? Why are you denying me this? You know? And I was like, now you know how I feel with like, remember, um, what was that show? Shameless. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I love Shameless. And there was points, you know, through the first like two or three seasons where she, she was in there nude like every other episode. I happened to- and then it got further into it and it was like,
2: Less nude yeah. and the neighbors. I, like, I was like,
1: this is this is how you this is how you this is how I felt with with uh with Shameless. It
0: like, makes sense. You know, they, they get these young actresses or actors that yeah. haven't really done anything. They're like, Yeah, I'll be nude for this show. And then it's in three seasons. It turns out it's really popular. And they're like, I'm not gonna get naked anymore. They have That's a little
2: what, more power. That
0: Happened to the uh Targaryen's chicken uh, Game of Thrones. Oh
1: yeah. Like she's like, I'm not getting Damn. naked anymore. Yep. And I, I don't I don't care I just no. it was just it was a funny yeah. you know, she, she was like good. she was uh, yeah, so <laughs> you don't care about that. she was uh she was awfully disappointed they're
2: uh, in a lot adult and a lot of rated R stuff these days yeah. or rated ma
1: it's a good show I I mean it's funny it's it's got a good premise I I don't know yeah it's got dogs but so did Spartacus apparently which I don't remember but great show whoever I, plays the you don't remember that the you publisher
2: in minx yep I don't know his name, but he that role was like made for him. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: He, he's been in a lot of... So you would know that actor if you saw him. I'm upset you both watched this show, because uh-huh. now I feel I have to watch this
0: show. It's You'll just,
2: enjoy it, though. It feels I like mean, it's just a dong show. Oh, jeez. We've been putting up with t- TNA for so long, and now we got some dongs rapping, <sighs> and you're trying to dog it.
0: Is
1: there a TNA in it also? Oh, yeah. 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 The, the, okay. the premise is that she's trying to start a magazine and she goes to like this convention. And the only one who cares is this guy who essentially already has like a porno mag or a bunch of them. A
2: bunch of them. Gotcha. Like the weird kinky stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she's trying to create a feminist magazine. What, what's it called? I, it's like called the matriarchy awakens. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. What a no, painful her, name. her pitches in it's front of really all bad. these old white yeah. dudes Publishing people just <laughs> fail left and right, and this guy's like, "Listen, I I like that your drive. I got an idea, so, and this, so they so this resist.
0: Is, this is like fabulous Miss Mazel
1: in porn, marvelous Miss Mazel. Yes. But yeah, whatever. Which oh, by tough. the
2: way, season four, <laughs> oh, okay, is out on Mrs. Mazel.
1: Yeah, we don't watch any
0: TV. Fuck. All right, <laughs> what's well, up? Uh... But music is life. <laughs> Look, next we're about to get into our main subject next week going to talk about artists. We're actually going to come with our favorite artists and why, and they're a little different. It's not just, you know, people are going to say Picasso. This is going to be interesting. I'm pretty excited about it. I've looked through some of our notes already, and we've come up with some interesting things, so this should be fun. That's next Mm. week. But today, Severance.
2: Wait. I'm sorry. Before you get into Severance, um, as far as subjects go for the show... yeah. We have come up with a list of our own to hopefully carry us through several months, but it would be fun to hear from our lounge li- lizards yeah. to see if anybody has some subject matter ideas that they'd like to hear from us. So,
4: That's a, a great idea. Yeah. If,
2: if you all do, maybe feel free to drop an email to duke at 5dlounge.com.
0: That's a good idea. I'll do tell you, you send what. send in your submissions. That, that's a great idea. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's do this. I'll take the best three ideas, and I'll send you a t-shirt. Yes. So email me at duke at 5dlounge.com, and uh, we'll, give me your size and the color preference. We have purple, blue, red, and green. Best three. And maybe I'll get generous.
1: Maybe we'll do more than three, but let's,
0: let's start there. I think that's a great idea. Thanks, MJ.
2: Hashtag swag. Okay. Yeah, I
1: like how... The listeners are going to get paid more than us to come up with ideas. <laughs>
0: I don't know what you're talking about. You already have a cough towel, T-shirts. What more do you want? Uh, where
1: where's that,
2: where's that foot log Free I weeds? thought you were supposed smoothies? to show up here with Oh, today. Jesus
1: Christ. Oh, did you finish that? He has, he has my Dremel. Is there anything to I even start? To so this is what yeah, happened. Oh, yeah. I drove
0: sure. over to Chuck's house. I took my lunch break the other day and flew to his house, looked at his – we got out uh, different logs – found one and he showed me his he got his drum on started he's like this is really hard to control I don't know if this is gonna work and he showed it and his F for the foot log was well, T
1: oh is that what that was yeah it was just, a, it just I just I wasn't doing anything I was just you were just gonna make it. a T to ruin it
0: all right that well, was on
1: the bottom doesn't matter
0: anyway <laughs> I'm like I play with it I'm like okay this is this is doable but it's gonna take quite a bit more time than I had thought I mean this could be easily an hour project just to etch it with the Dremel it's going to be a while so he dropped the Dremel off at my house when he was over Friday and I was going to work on it between the weekend was so beautiful I couldn't, I couldn't go work on it, yeah. I wanted to be outside, and wanted yeah. to do things so good news is it's supposed to rain tomorrow so I will Dremel it up alright, I, uh, I think we're ready to get to our main topic severance topic. <laughs> I feel like that was a bit much since it's just severance.
2: I I think you should do away with that one 100%. I don't
1: think it's quite fitting for the theme of severance itself. Severance! (laughs) What? All right, folks. I'm going
2: to hijack that board and, and get rid of that one.
0: If you haven't seen severance, that's okay. I'm going to set up the premise of what the show is, and we're going to explain the opening scene and why that opening scene hooked us. I'm not going to give you any spoilers yet. As soon as we get through that opening scene, I will give you a warning, and then if you haven't seen the show and want to, feel free to skip this episode, jump to the B-side, come back to it after you, you know, burn through all nine episodes. It's on Apple TV. I think you're going to love it. But let's start with the the premise. Now, this is from Independent Movie Database, which I go to. If I told you I went there five times a day, probably underestimating. Mark leads a team of office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives. When a mysterious colleague appears outside of work, begins a journey to discover the truth about their jobs.
2: Dun dun dun. That's kind of putting it,
0: putting it lightly there. I feel like I need a different button. <laughs> no, not yeah, that just one. Get off
1: of that screen okay. altogether.
0: I'm sorry. Instead, we do this.
2: Hold on to your dick!
0: does that work does
2: that work for that spot oh, New I screen. way prefer that
0: Okay. so I again we've told the story I'm going to tell it again real quick one night I was listening to a different podcast I love the Drew and Mike podcast they've been around Detroit for over 30 years they're fantastic it's been that long 22 just under 25 plus somewhere in there uh, and I love them I listen to them all the time and they were one of like I feel like this show is a love letter to their show my own little way of doing it. I was listening to it a few weeks ago and one of the hosts there, Mark Fellhauser, goes, don't read anything about it. Just go watch it. Don't go in knowing anything. So I took him at his word because he, I feel like has a lot of the same tastes I do. So that night, I watched, I got like 15 minutes into it and I, I paused it and I texted Chuck. I said, don't read anything about it. You've
1: got to watch this show Severance. Yeah. So I texted you back and let you know that <laughs> had literally told you about this show like three days before.
0: So he was over one night and we were painting and we got really high. And uh, he was telling a story, talking about a show. I guess I wasn't listening. And at some point he's like, it's got that guy, you know, from Parks and Rec. I'm like, Adam Scott? He's like, yeah, that's it. I'm like, all right. And he kept talking. That's all I got out of the conversation was Adam Scott. So he reminds me of the text. He's like, remember, it was I brought up the guy. And you were like, Adam Scott
1: oh yeah is that and what we you were got talking Adam about? Scott so quick too because I didn't give you anything to go off no. of it was just the guy from Parks and Rec and you immediately knew yeah it was that or Rob Lowe and you weren't talking
0: about a guy banging a 16 year, two 16 year olds on a VHS tape wait what that was Rob Lowe oh he rebounded that was before Cancel Culture
1: gotcha didn't he, know
0: that yeah he came back in Wayne's World and made it all, all okay so I watched Severance I enjoy Severance I'm really into it at the time I was watching it only like the first four or five episodes were out. So then you get in the pattern of where you got a hole, then they're putting a new one out every week. Chuck and I are talking about it every week. Like, did you watch that? Oh my God, can you believe yeah. that happened? We really got into it. So that's what brought us to this. And I, I finally got to the point like, this has to be an episode. Like, we have to talk about this on the show. Such a different show. Such a different show. Yeah. Again, Apple TV, it's different. It's new. It's neat. So I'm going to walk you through the opening scene. And then I'll tell you before we get into spoilers. So if you watch the first five minutes of the show, this is what you're going to get. It opens to a woman laying on a table in a conference room. Big, huge, long table. Uh, has a speaker at the middle of it. Think of Charlie's Angels.
2: Mm-hmm. And how That's what I thought of too.
0: Not Bosley, but Charlie. <laughs> going back to another old episode. <laughs> Charlie would talk through the speaker. So there's a speaker there. And there's a voice coming through, and it says, Who are you? And she clearly has no idea what her name is, and she's like panicking. She gets up, she starts wandering around this room, and there is a door in the room, and she's grabbing it and pulling on it, and it's not opening, and she's freaking out. She's kind of groggy, and it is a fucked up scene. And they ask her five questions.
3: I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Hi there. You on the table? I wonder if you'd mind taking a brief survey. Who is that? Five questions. Now, I know you're sleepy, but I just bet it'll make you feel right as rain.
0: And the question, the first question is, what's your name? And she's like, I don't know. She doesn't say anything, but he's like, okay, unknown. Another question was, what state were you born in? And you can see, this is some great acting. Mm-hmm. You can see the look of panic on her oh, face. Yeah. She has no, no idea clue. where she was born. They ask her to name a state, any state, first one that comes to mind. She's like Delaware. And this is cool because it shows that she has no memory of who she is, Mm -hmm. but she still remembers the real world and what's going on out there, right? Mm -hmm. They ask her what some guy, some random name you've never heard before, what's his favorite breakfast? she's like, what, that doesn't even make sense. (laughs) And the last question, what was her mother's eyes? What color was her mother's eyes? And you can just see the look of horror on her face. She doesn't remember any of it.
3: Question two: In which U.S. state or territory were you born? Wait, which state I, or territory, please? I, I don't know. Unknown. Question three: Please name any U.S. state or territory Fuck, first that I, comes to mind. I don't know. Delaware.
5: What is this? Delaware.
3: Question four: What is Mr. Egan's favorite breakfast?
5: I don't. That one makes no
3: sense. Right. Unknown. That's how this show starts. Mm-hmm.
0: So good. So good. Okay, so from here on out, folks, we're going to get into spoilers. We're going to go from the beginning of the show, the rest of that episode, talk about some of the major points through episodes 2 through 8 that we really enjoyed, and then finish up with episode 9, the season finale, and give our thoughts on what we thought of the show. If you haven't watched it, feel free to pause. Feel free to go right to the B side. Uh, We'll put it in the notes as to where that is, and you can come back to this episode later. And if you want to listen to it and see if this is something you'd enjoy, I'm sorry we're going to
1: spoil it, man. I don't know if you want this to be spoiled because I I think it's some pretty neat stuff. Yeah, I mean not to say that people shouldn't listen, but if you have any intention of watching this, yeah, don't spoil it. If you have any so intention
2: good. of watching it and you don't like spoilers, there you go. Because some people like them. Think so. Some okay. people like to know what they're getting into. Assholes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say anybody. I think people <laughs> who, <laughs> who have anxiety likes spoilers. Yeah, is like borderline. Psychopath.
0: Well, it's funny you say that, MJ, about anxiety, because the last episode, the season finale, I was on pins and needles through the whole Mm. fucking episode. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I'm getting ahead of it. I'm so sorry.
2: (laughs) You're trying to take the Quentin Tarantino approach here and work your way backward.
0: Well, you know what? (laughs) It's going to go out of order. (laughs) So officially, we're starting spoilers here. One thing I really thought was very interesting about this opening scene was that that scene technically happens later in the first episode. They bring it to the front. Then the first scene you see is Mark in his car, crying, mm-hmm. walking into the building, putting all his shit in the box and changing his shoes. I found this really amazing because had I watched that beginning of him in his car, if that's where it starts, I'm not engaged. No. It's very no, you're boring. not hooked on that. Yeah. No. And Adam Scott does not look his best, right? Yeah, on purpose, I think, but yeah. Oh, agreed. Yeah. But if you don't know that. Well, he he looks, looks really terrible in this. Yeah, he looks sad yeah. and depressed yeah. and not taking care of himself. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I found myself, because of that opening scene, I was hooked into that episode. There was no way I wasn't going to watch the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So I think that was some good writing decisions or editing decisions. I don't know who makes that kind of
1: call.
3: It's okay. If you can't answer the question, feel free to say unknown.
1: I think, um, you know, you're right. Like her waking up on that table is a great hook for the start. Um, I, I think as soon as they started working... Like, showing what they're actually doing. So, uh, Cat
3: 1 numbers, for example, feel a certain way on site. They'll be sort of disconcerting. Scary. Scary. I know.
5: My job is to scroll through this spreadsheet and look for numbers that are scary.
1: It sounds dumb, and
3: Mark said it dumb.
1: Man, that hooked me. Oh, really? I, just, I just had to know, like, and obviously we didn't, we don't know, but that part of it just really...
0: Did it remind you of anything?
1: Lost. Yep. Oh yeah. The whole thing reminds me of Lost. I told you that after the absolutely season finale
2: too. I really like um, when they when he's in the elevator transitioning to the Severance floor, yeah. and the camera angle in the elevator, and the, his eyes close, and then the camera shot changes when he reaches the Severance floor. It's a really yeah. cool his transition. His face changes. Yes. Yeah. Like his. His brain. His
1: expression changes. Mm-hmm. The look of his face changes. It's really amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's neat. So the idea for this show
0: is they come to work, they get on an elevator, and there's a certain point where they go across a certain line, and their memories are cut off. They don't remember outside them.
2: Which they call the Audi. Yep, the they Audi. An
0: Audi and an Innie. And the inside guy doesn't remember the outside, and the outside doesn't have any idea what the inside guy did. For the whole day. So if this was you, all of a sudden, you wake up. You're standing in an elevator, and you just wake up, and you just got done with work. And you don't remember any of it. And you go about the rest of the, your day, your night, your weekend. You do whatever you need to do. But the next day, you walk in, 7.55, get on that elevator. And as soon as you cross that threshold, you're checked out. You're your your, your, work innie, your work, your innie takes over. Mm-hmm.
5: I guess I went home last night, but I don't know if home is a house or an apartment or if I live with a family. I like
0: to think but my I... Audi
1: lives on like a riverboat.
0: One thing that's really interesting to me is that opening scene with Helly R. on the table, you hear the disembodied voice, you know, talking from the speaker, and you're so engrossed, in, or at least I was, I was so engrossed in her predicament. She has no idea who she is. She doesn't know how she got here. and She doesn't know how to get out. She doesn't know who's talking. Mm-hmm. That I wasn't paying as much attention to the voice itself and that he was stumbling, and that he was making mistakes. I re- I recognized it, but it didn't seem as that big of an issue to yeah, me. Yeah, the first time you watched it. Yeah, but yeah. then you see later in the episode his point of view with him and John Taturo on the other side of a door. And they're like, oh, no, you didn't read this part. Right. Which this part just fumbling through lost, everything. Right. There's like yeah. a, an instruction manual on what to yeah. do, these pre written lines that are.
2: Well, that was his first time in that job role. Right. Yes. That morning. That it, which
0: explains... that his day. first... Yeah
2: yeah.
0: Yes. I just found that whole, both those two scenes separately, and you combine them together. It's so interesting to me, so neat. Mm-hmm. Mark, you skipped the preamble. <sighs> oh, shit. What we've come to find out is Adam Scott's character works on this floor in this building. It's underground, which I never put the two together until I, I watched it the other day, and there's clearly an up arrow and a down arrow at the top of the elevator. So this whole thing's underground. And when they get there, it's these long, laborious, white halls. It's And as MJ said to me...
2: Uh, it reminds me of like rat mazes in, in a science I mean, lab. Yeah, I never put
0: that together. They're
2: very um, institutional, very, c- very clean yeah. and hygienic.
1: And the, the whole thing, the whole setup down there with... You know, I mean, obviously, we only see, like, one other department. Mm-hmm. The whole thing just has a lab experiment feel yes. to it. You know, the people that are there, the hallways, the...
2: Like, it's uh, all by design.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Very
0: yeah. long, white hallways with lots and lots of turns. So it is, like, a maze. Like, how would you ever find your way through this, mm-hmm. let alone where you go to your office? The walls are white and bright, right? It's very well lit. Yeah, bright, He walks into this room, huge room, Way too much space for what they're doing in there, and in the center are four old ass computers. They look almost like DOS. A little, com- a little cubicle setup. Yeah, with a little
1: cubicle setup, and it's just strange. Yeah, and all the all the equipment is kind of outdated looking.
2: It, um, the whole set is very seventies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes,
1: that's part computers. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. it's all old computers, but yeah. but it looks new, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all doing something. So. They're working on these computers, moving numbers around, putting them through little doorways on the bottom, and they have to pick out numbers that are weird to them. And that's, I mean, that's the question. Like, what the fuck are they doing?
2: Which they don't even know
0: what they're they doing, don't. per no se. Yeah.
2: They know they have these tasks they have to complete, and ideally, everything they're doing is for production value to earn these gifts. Yes. Like, a, Most useless like, a, like a lunch or a breakfast <laughs> yeah. for or, the team. Well, they, they
1: get the little erasers and yep. the, yeah, the, the Chinese finger cuffs. Finger cuffs chi- um, just a bunch of tchotchkes. Weird yeah, little like things. corporate yeah. crap. Yes. But there's a waffle party, which well, we'll get he doesn't to want to go to a waffle party. Well, I do now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I absolutely do
0: now. But they, they talk a lot about things they can earn. So you hear mm-hmm. about the walk, waffle party. You hear about a dance party. You hear about these little things and you don't really know what they are because there's only four of them. There's nobody else here. They have a manager that comes in.
6: Helly, welcome. I'm a gog at how well I
1: can tell you're already fitting in. Um, what's his name? Milchek. Milchak, who does a fantastic yeah. job in that part. That
6: actor... He freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's supposed yeah. to. Mm-hmm. He has this
0: weird kind of vibe.
6: By reaching 75% refinement on Sienna you have earned for you and your fellow refiners, a five minute music dance experience.
1: And this weird, it's very, can get very intense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The music dance experience is officially
0: canceled. So in that, in the first couple episodes, then it starts to expand. You start to see a little bit of these characters outside lives. There's a few extra characters you find inside this building. I'm not going to go in depth on all of these, um, but things start coming out that are just strange and weird, both on the outside and the inside. The outside, the main character, Adam Scott, um, Mark. Mark is his name. He has a sister on the outside. She has a husband. They have a baby that's, you know, she's pregnant. He's going to be born soon. There's just all this extra stuff going on. And he just lives this kind of, he's depressed, right? Mm-hmm. It's clear. His, his, they mentioned his wife passed away. And it looks like he took this job so he didn't have to think about her all the time. In his mind, he's like setting his work self free so his work self doesn't have to think
1: about his passed away wife. Yes,
2: right? Yes, I think so.
1: So it takes him... Yeah, I think part of it was selfish too. You know, even though he doesn't remember that work period, I think he was really kind of looking to have a blank spot in there where he's not thinking about her. Right. You know?
0: So it just, it has all these weird elements. His boss at his work... Uh, which one is she? Is that Cobell? Uh, Cobell, Harmony Cobell,
2: Patricia Arquette, who, she's by the way, she is so good. She's always been so good, but she looks phenomenal in the show. Yeah, and she's very,
1: very good acting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, she she did, did really good, I, uh, really good acting across the board and, well, in the, the show. Reason, but yeah, yeah, she did
0: great. The reason her her acting is so good is she technically plays like three different roles, right? Mm. So she has the int any. Manager role. Look, I do sympathize.
6: I've wanted to pummel Mark myself, but
0: I am his employer. Well, now she doesn't have an Audi, right? She knows herself. Right. She's but she, part of the business. But she plays a role outside. She happens to live next door to our hero, Mark, uh, and kind of spies on him. And she calls him all the time. She puts his, her trash can in the wrong yeah, spot on purpose thing. so that yeah. she's always asking him yeah. what he's doing. And so,
2: his Audi knows her as Mrs. Selvig, Miss Selvig, Selvig yeah. and his innie knows her as Miss Corbal.
6: Oh, a handshake is available upon request. Yes. Kobal. sorry, Kobal. Weaponizing office equipment on your first day.
0: And there's one other part she plays where she dupes somebody into thinking she is a lactation consultant.
2: The sister this, his sister, so, so she's, she's gonna get neighbor, find out more information.
0: Yeah. So she just plays this deep, deep role where she's constantly acting differently. and
2: Nosy as fuck.
0: <laughs> season finale. When we get to the season finale, I want to talk about how crazy she was because that was awesome. She's nuts. So we find out all these little things. They start to build up these characters and you find out a little bit of information, but you're constantly yearning for a handful of answers. Why are they here? What are they actually doing? And why would their Audis do this to them? Right, I mean, that's, yeah. those are some of the lingering questions yeah. as we get through the season. Mm-hmm. So marks we learn pretty early on, because his wife passed away, yes. and then it, they send them. If somebody does something wrong, what do they call that that room they send them to? Uh, break the room. room. The break room is the most interesting to me because they'll take them in there and make them read the script about why they're sorry.
5: Forgive me for the harm I have caused this world. None may atone for my actions but me and only in me shall their stain live on. I am thankful to have been caught, my fall cut short by those with wizened hands. All I can be is sorry, and that is all I am.
6: I'm afraid you don't mean it.
0: Excuse me? Again, please. And then when they get done with it, milchek is that his name? Yeah. Milchek goes... I don't uh I don't yeah, think I you really I didn't are. feel it I didn't feel it <laughs> he makes it say it again and then when they're done they come in exhausted they come into the restroom exhausted and the other guys have all been through this like how many times did you say it 1073 like they had to repeat this fucking yeah you know paragraph 1000 times like they're in, almost in tears they're exhausted they don't want to do it and eventually the to the point where they're like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like they Which really from, mean. A,
2: from a psychological standpoint. It's breaking them. That is breaking them. Yeah. Into, into being compliant with how things are supposed to be on the severance floor. What your role is. Where you need to fall into place as a, as a soldier.
0: So one of the other rooms they take you into is a room where they have somebody that tells you about your Audi. And it's supposed to make you feel good. It's a very zen space. So, so this this beautiful woman who is unique looking. She was in, uh, what was that sci-fi show we
1: watched? Oh, I didn't recognize her from anything either. else. Altered Carbon. Oh, she is an Altered Carbon. Yeah, she was his sister. Yeah, that's right. Okay. She's
0: very unique looking. I really enjoy her. Well, she sits down and she will tell them things like, your Audi likes to dance. Right. Your Audi is a great kisser.
6: Your Audi is generous. Your Audi is fond of music and owns many records. Your Audi is a friend to children and to the elderly and the insane. Your Audi is strong and helps someone lift a heavy object.
0: Your Audi is kind. Your Audi is kind. And just random weird little facts um, and then as we progress through the show, you know, Mark's trying to date on the outside and it's not working. She's, and this girl he's trying to date like, man, you're still in your dead wife, essentially. I get it. It's okay. He's like, no, he's drunk. He's like, no, I'm not. He takes a picture of her, which he can't see and starts ripping it up. Well, it turns out it's that woman that is in that relaxation, not relaxation room. The break room. Or not the break it room. It's the room that's supposed to...
2: The meditation Meditation room,
0: that's what it is. There you go. You.
2: His Audi thinks his wife is deceased, but his innie, they both are on the severance floor. So and they a, both are innies, and they both don't recognize each other on right. the severance floor.
1: And she has a very sad feel to her. Oh, she does. She well, seems like very, prisoner. very down. And she, she talks about the fact in one of the episodes, maybe episode four or five, where she's kind of, like, getting deactivated. Yeah. I didn't really explain it super well, but she was, like, telling the total number of hours that she'd been down there. Um, I was well, through very, the, very we sad. have no
2: idea how she got there.
1: No. We, no we we don't, I,
2: I sure hope there's going to be another season, because I got several well, unturned oh, stones.
1: Tons of, tons of unanswered questions.
0: Through the whole show, they have all these characters that don't speak – A tremendous amount. All these side characters, right? So even Cobel, even Milchek, even um, Christopher Walken, Bert Bert is in there. There's all these extra characters, but they don't have a tremendous amount of dialogue. Right. And sometimes you think it's just the way they're portraying themselves. Like they're supposed to not talk much. I I don't know. There's just this weird thing where they're thinking about what they want to say. And that's the feeling I got with his dead wife before we knew it was his wife. And then you get to the point where at one point they ask her to watch R to make sure R doesn't leave. and She's just sitting there over her shoulder, like auditing what she's doing, just watching her. I don't even know if she knows what she is doing. She's just watching. And later she tells Mark that that was her, the favorite four hours of her life. Yeah. And she's only been awake for 112 hours total when she does those sessions with people to tell them what they like. That's the only mm-hmm. time they activate her. That's fucked
2: up. It's mm-hmm. totally fucked up. It's so fucked up.
1: Yeah. And as
2: far as their temperaments in severance, like it seems that Mark and Dylan and Bert have all accepted that these are their tasks that they do when they come to work and that, you know, to have an enjoyable work experience, there needs to be camaraderie amongst the coworkers. But then Heliar comes into severance and she absolutely hates it. Yep. And yeah. she is just against it, and she's trying to do whatever she can to make her Audi release her from the yeah, seventh project. The and it just, she's not successful with it.
0: So tell me about, this is one of my favorite scenes. We get Helly R's point of view, and she tells Mark, I want to leave, I want to leave, I want to leave. Once they've said that three times, she didn't say it like that, they have to walk her to the door. So they walk her to the door, this hallway goes, you go down there and you go out. So she, you see it from her point of view. She goes to the door, opens it, and all of a sudden she walks back in. She's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And from your point of view, as you're watching the TV, it looks like she literally opens the door and just comes right back in. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's like, it's like magic. It's like lost. She walks through this door, boom, she's back in, and she, so finally she starts running at it and like throws herself through the other side of the door. And here she comes, throwing herself back in. It's so it goes to show the
2: um, inner inner conflict of what we humans probably deal with on a regular basis when it comes to not just work, but you know wanting to escape it, but you can't. Yeah, metaphorically
0: speaking. That's a great point. Yeah, it's very good. So later in the show, we finally we see the full and unedited, not from her point of view, but what really happened when she crosses, crosses that threshold to go outside into the stairwell. It's a barrier, it switches. Now it's her Audi that's out there and Milchuk's standing there. And the Audi's like, oh, what am I doing here? He's like, this happens sometimes, you know, you're new to this, go ahead and go back in. Where am I?
6: Okay, so sometimes when a new hire is adjusting to a separate space, we help by bringing them here to the stairwell to experience the transition viscerally.
5: Oh no, I'm trying to leave?
6: No, no, it's all part of the process. If you want to spin around and head back in, that should be that.
0: All of a sudden, she's out again. Whoa, is this a problem? Like, why am I outside again? Right. Uh, your innie's just, you know, she's getting used to things. It's okay. Try going back in again. So she goes back in again, and this keeps happening. So as soon as she cross, crosses that threshold, her Audi takes over. The Audi walks her right back in, so now it's the innie taking over. And this just keeps happening until the innie gives up.
2: Because the Audi is insisting she stay in there. she's
1: very much insisting. And her
2: innie absolutely hates it in there.
1: It's trippy, too, because, you know, and she walks back over to Mark and she's like, why can't I leave? And he's like, you did. (laughs) And it's so trippy, like that that time crunch where it's like no time passes, you know, for the innie while they're outside. It's so trippy to me. So neat.
5: Am I dead? No. This isn't like hell or something? Then why the fuck can't I leave?
3: Well you did leave just now. Out into the stairwell at least, you left, but you came back.
0: I did not. You did. Let's speed along. They for different reasons I'll figure out they want out. They want to know what's going on in the outside world, they wanna know what why they're in here, and they start coming up with plans of how to make this happen
2: that's when the collaboration kicks in too. Like at first they think Helly is being very defiant and that she just needs to fall into place and be a good soldier. But then she starts to kind of convince them that they're, they need to be more curious about why they're there and what they're there for.
1: Yeah. And they, they all kind of have, I mean, to me, like, like Irving got on board after Bert left, right? Like once Bert retired, which is really just, I mean, if your Innie retires, he's essentially dead, he's right? He's gone, yeah, he's gone I forever. I mean, you're gone, you're, you're that but that Innie those, is never coming back. Right? His memories, everything, nope. Yeah, all gone. Um, super trippy to me. Um, and um, what's the, uh, uh, Dylan, he gets on board, you know, he, he was kind of like the, he's not like bought into like the cult or like religion aspect of it, but he is he tries to be the best at his job. He's a
2: worker bee. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, all, all four of them have completely different reasons why they decide
0: yeah. they want to get out. He, d- Dylan d- finds out that he has a son on the outside, and all of a sudden he wants to know more. You well,
2: have- let's take a second and yeah. talk, to speak to that. So how he ends up finding this out is Milchak breaks into his Audi
0: he goes because to the Audi's
2: house. He, he goes to the Audi's house to try to find out something that he took and hid. And so Dylan starts to realize, and when he goes to the severance floor the next day, he's like, what was that? Were you in my house? Was that my kid? Yeah. He's like,
1: I have a kid. I have a dog, whatever. There was yeah. a, a son, son that came yeah.
2: running to him. They were hiding in the closet, and the son mm-hmm. came running in, and Milchick got all pissed because he was like, I told you to count to a 1,000. You didn't do what you were told.
1: <laughs> that scared the shit out of me. The yeah. way he talked to that kid. Yeah, that was the overtime that, protocol. Overtime yes, protocol. I love that. that's what called. they call it. I love it. It's
0: so yeah. accurate.
2: So that's what really got him. That's what in got a tizzy. him. Yep, absolutely. And he started really not appreciating the severance lifestyle.
6: It's a safeguard we occasionally employ to remotely awaken workers off-site. You never told us you could do that.
2: While simultaneously, we didn't really bring the brother-in-law up, but he had written a book that ended up in severance. In the office. In the office, and everybody started reading it, and they weren't supposed to have any of this outside contraband. So that was starting to give him some ideas about being free and needing to have some autonomy over his own versions of himself. So
0: Mark has a brother, Rickon. Rickon, I'm sorry, his brother-in-law, Rickon. It's married to his wife. uh, God. Mark has a brother-in-law, Rickon, who's married to his sister. There it is. There it is. That took longer than it should have. Um, And he's like new wavy, right? He's really strange. They have a dinner party with no food, right? Yes. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're him and the whole group of friends are just strange. they super think... weird. The point is that Mark made a decision and that decision was controversial ethically, socially, morally, scientifically. So he writes this like self-help book about how to be a better person. that's just weird. So he gives it, he puts it as a package on Mark's doorstep. Selvig grabs it takes it to the office and gives it to Milchak to look through. Like, is this okay for him to have on the outside? We definitely don't want the Indies to have it, but so Milchak's supposed to look at it and he puts it on a table, forgets about it and somebody else finds it. They all start reading this book. And for Mark, that was the catalyst why he wants to get out, right? Like this this all of a sudden is giving him these ideas that there's more to life than what he's doing and he is upset about it.
2: Simultaneously, while Helly is starting to Reveal the cracks in the,
0: yep. in the yeah. whoresome. And Helly just knows. Like, I don't want to be here. I want out. Then you have.
2: And she can't do it alone. Like, she's, oh, no. she
0: needs the help. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Then Dylan wants to meet his son. And then lastly, you have Irving, John Turturro's character. He had fallen in love with Christopher Walken's character. Christopher Walken retires and gets out. So in his mind, he's like, I'm going to get out and go find him. Like, I, I, I want to see him again. So all four of them come up with reasons why they want out. And they start working together and come up with a plan. And now that they know about this overtime protocol, they figure out a way to turn on the overtime protocol. So they're going to leave one person behind. The other three are going to leave work. And that one person is going to wait a certain amount of time and then turn on the overtime protocol. But this is really the best part of the whole show. They decide it's going to be Dylan. Dylan's going to be staying behind. The reason is because he won the waffle party.
6: Dylan G's waffle party will commence at close of day. In the meantime, I've ordered the pre-waffle party egg bar social for everyone.
0: And they've been talking about it for nine episodes. The waffle party. I couldn't wait to see what the waffle party is. So they take him to this like house that's built into the, you know, sub Yeah, building. Inside building. Yeah. It's, it's, it's this huge room with a house in it. And it's a replication of the that um, creator, creator of yeah. like Scientology, that kind of guy, whatever his name is. It's his house, right? So he goes in, and there's a table, and there's a plate with waffles on it. He pours the syrup and the butter, and he starts eating them. And when he does, he moves the plate, and there's a little placard under it that says, please go to the bed. I'm like, oh, that's fucked up. Is he just going to sleep here or something? Walks over to the bed, sits down, and these three or four people come in that are, just nude and start, like, dancing. It's going to be clearly an orgy.
2: And they have animal heads on. Yes, yeah, they, they have are. big masks on. Big Huge animals.
0: masks. Yeah. And he's watching it. And this is why he's always been so excited about the waffle party. Like, who wouldn't be? Like this is. Yeah, he
1: brought it up in episode one.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about being an innie just so that I can go to that waffle
1: party. Yeah. I've got it 96% sorted, which means I've earned four of the five tier incentives, including the erasers and the finger traps that you see displayed here. is tier five. That gets you a caricature portrait.
4: Hmm.
1: You'll note I've accrued an embarrassment of wealth in that regard. Wow. Correct. Each one of these, finish file in the can.
5: So that's the highest award?
1: Percentage-wise, yes, but if we hit our numbers by quarter's end, one of us gets named refiner of the quarter, and that shit gets you a waffle party. I'm sorry, a waffle party? Okay, hazard's on, eager lemur. I'm a deadlock for that this quarter, so uh, don't get your hopes up. This was one of the neatest parts of the show.
0: All three other people go home. Mm-hmm. right? You have Mark who's going to a party, you have uh, Irving that goes home, and you have Heli, which they don't even show at first. Like you have mm-hmm. no idea where she's even at.
2: You have no idea about her Audi at all until yeah, the, the last.: the,
1: episode. Only starting the only first time, episode.: Yeah, the only time you see her outside that I know of other than the videos that she shows herself, you know, yep. um, is uh, in the very first episode at the end. Mark's leaving in his car, and he almost hits her. Mm. And she's carrying, like, this huge bouquet of flowers, and she gets into, like, this fancy car. Oh, I don't remember Like an old Rolls Royce or something. I didn't even see that. Um, I just watched it last night. I didn't see that. She was holding some flowers. but Yeah, that- big, giant thing of flowers. And they zoom out, and he's kind of leaving, and she's walking over to this. Oh. There's only just one car sitting there. I miss that. Um, and it's very fancy looking. Like, it looks very expensive. Like, I, I think that's a bit of a clue. Was she like, hold on to your dick. Uh, yeah, okay. for sure. That yeah. sounds about right. She, she hung out the window and in a Rolls Royce, hold, yes. on, hold on, on to your dick, dick Mark. Yeah. Just blew right by him. Uh, but that, I think that that's the only time that you see her until that out, season yeah, finale. Yep, yeah, exactly. So
0: three of them are out and then they leave uh, Philip behind. I'm sorry, Dylan. I don't know why you want to call him Philip. They leave Dylan behind. Dylan goes into this control room. He leaves the waffle party. He doesn't see this big orgy sex. I, I feel like he should have stayed a little bit longer, but, you know, that's just me. He goes up into this control room, and it's a two-man lever. You have to, you know, it's like a, an atomic bomb. One person has to turn this one, you have turned this one at the same time and hold it, and that's how it'll, it's a, it's a two-man job. That's how this overtime protocol takes effect.
2: And they're, both of the switches are on either side of a doorway.
0: Yes, yes, yeah, so there's a switch on the left of the door and right of the door. So this little, short, fat man reaches out with his fingers and, and pushes both up to initiate the overtime protocol. And instantly, you see all the other three people wake up mm-hmm. and where they're at. Mark's at a party uh, at Rickon and his sister's house. Lots of people there to celebrate the, this new book. You have uh, John Turturro's character, Irving. He's at home painting. And we've seen him painting the same picture over and over and over again. And it's just it's like a black hallway with a door and a light above it. He just paints it over and over again on anything he can find. And then you see, eventually, Helly R. And she is dressed elegantly. And she is at somewhere where there's clearly a big convention or some kind of big show going on.
2: A corporate shindig. Yeah,
0: lights, a stage. Like, she's running down an elevator. People are excited to meet her. Everybody, every, all three of these people are kind of playing along with the spots now this yeah, is they're, where they're
1: kind of keeping it under wraps. That they're
2: well, at first, they're all confused. They're, yes. Their outies oh, right. are yeah. like, Whoa, where am I? Yeah. what? Yeah. Right? They're converging these innies and outies, so it's very
0: discombobulating in, in the moment of transition. The moment this starts, I had anxiety like you were on the clock, you got yeah. you got Dylan stretched out as far as he can go. Sweating. Yeah. His glasses are sliding down yep. his nose. He can't touch them. And he's just sitting there holding him up. So the whole episode, I'm like, he is going to let go at the most inopportune time. I'm just waiting for that. And like, there's no way this little fat guy can hold these. T- I mean, he is stretched out so far. I wouldn't give it yeah. up after five minutes. Let alone, I mean, this guy's going on clearly for a lot longer.
1: Yeah, and, and they pick the guy with the, obviously, the shortest, oops, like, wingspan. I don't right. know what you call it. It's poor planning. Yeah, it's poor. Oh,
0: well yeah.
2: And, and but I love in that episode how there is a, a um what is the POV? What's POV point, point of, view. of view? Yeah the, from each individual, from Mark, Helly, and Irving. Irving. Yeah. And each of them is them figuring out where they are, what they're doing there. And they're also supposed to figure out what they need to do in order to help their innies. So to reveal this to somebody that they need to get out of this game. That's their mission. Yeah, yeah. But as they're coming into this space, at first they they have to like, why am I here? What is my purpose? They don't really know that that's their goal when they are switched.
0: Let alone who's around them, where they're at. They have no idea. So Mark wakes up at a party, right? It happens to be a party for Rickon's book. Mm -hmm. Mark has no idea who Rickon is or this family, that he, uh, you know, his sister or his niece or any of these friends that are there that aren't really his friends mm-hmm. or Mrs. Kolvig that is there who's really Mrs. Selvig outside but she's there as Mrs. Kolvig. No, I'm sorry. She's there as Selvig. Selvig yeah. She's there as Selvig. And Mark kind of wakes up there and is trying to take it in. He's trying to figure out who can he trust. I got to give a message to somebody that I'm not happy in here. Who do I talk to? So he's trying to figure out who people are it finally starts to dawn on him that this is his sister, not his wife. And he goes to say something to Mrs. Selvig. And he goes, oh, thanks, Mrs. Cobell," And she, when she gets called the wrong name, up, yeah. knows exactly immediately knows. What's up. So he doesn't know he's on the clock, right? He doesn't know that she knows and she's going to do something. So he's trying to talk to his sister. He's trying to tell her that he wants out. He's trying to tell her what's going on. And she's listening. They're in a private room off to the side and Filling it in, and he meets Rickon, and he's so excited because you know he read his book, and Rickon's so impressed that he read his book, and like their dynamic now is totally changed. Totally changed, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: they they pretty much do not like each other before that. Well, the, the Audi Mark doesn't like Rickon.
0: So then you you take a step back, and while all this is happening, Mrs. Colvig gets up and leaves. Then we see John Taturo's character Irving. He's at home by himself. He has a dog. He sees all these paintings. He starts going through his house. There's nobody else there. He's petting the dog. This is the thing that really intrigues me. He has 100 paintings of the exact same fucking painting lately. Mm. It's something going on in this building. It's
2: something he has brought over into his Audi self that is a vision from his innie world. Which he's
1: been there the longest. Yep. mm -hmm. So there could certainly be some... You know, I mean, he could have been one of the first to get the procedure or something, right? Maybe yeah. there's something not really taking with it, or mm-hmm. yeah, he's definitely having some care, some bleed over, right? But this is and my that f- door. Sorry, the door is the um, the break room door. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Inside.
0: It, right. The break room is where they take you to make you repeat that paragraph over and over and over again. So clearly, it's some kind of nightmare or something, and he just wants it out of his head, so he keeps painting it, trying to get it out. This is the part I find really interesting. He starts going through his own house, and he finds a footlocker, and he opens his footlocker up, and it's got his dad's old Navy stuff. His dad was clearly a Navy man. He's going, seeing his medals, seeing his uniform, and he lifts it all up and finds a secret compartment underneath. And there is a map and a list of all the other employees from this company and where they live with circles on them. Why does he have this? More importantly, a question. if he has all those paintings out, which are clearly from there, why is he hiding the map? Why is he hiding this information? Is somebody else looking? And it kind of takes you back to Selvig, Patricia Arquette's character. She's nosy. like She's going through Mark's house mm-hmm. when he's not there. So does he know this? Does he know people do that, his Audi? He has to, right? You I think mean, so? Why else would he hide it?
1: Yeah, I... I... I would assume I think, that someone's checking up on him. I'm so you know? stuck on bill checks coming in on there. Yeah, you know when he's working. And he's probably working a, a perfect
2: example of that. That because of the longevity that he's been in that job, yep. that blending of those minds and those characters. Because even at one point, remember he fell. He was dozing in his cubicle, and everything started to bleed black oil
0: paint.
1: Oh, yep. that's right. And
2: this that. is before you saw him, his before Audi him obsessively paint. yeah. oh, painting this hallway and that, in that yeah, door. Yeah, it was coming out of the
1: ceilings. I think there was Good some pickup. on like Mark's face or yes. something like that at one point. Yeah, he was seeing that like black goo.
2: So he was having psychotic episodes yeah. or breaks in realities
0: of his, his two versions,
2: his two yeah. selves, I think.
0: For sure. So we have Mark at the party telling his sister what's going on. We have... Irving, who is going through his own stuff, he finds the map, he finds Christopher Walken's characters on the map, and he drives to his house. And he's looking at him through his, his window in his living room with another man, because they're, they're gay. Uh, so he sees Christopher Walken has somebody on the outside. And he's standing there kind of perplexed. Then you have Heliar. Heliar is at this big function. And it turns out, as this story progresses, again, pins and fucking needles... She's supposed to be giving a speech about why she chose to go into severance and why it's so important. And it shows that her father is the CEO of this company. And the the dead guy that is like the head of Scientology that we gave the example of, he's actually her grandfather. So she's clearly a family member who's trying to take this company to the next level. And that's why she put herself in this program. But her innie that is now outside is pissed. And she doesn't care who her father is or grandfather. She knows she doesn't want to be in that fucking room the rest of her life. And she wants out. So she's supposed to be giving this speech and they are going over talking points with her to remind her of what to talk about. Now, as all three of these things are happening and they're kind of coming to a head, Colvig, Selvig, I'm sorry, I keep calling her Colvig. You keep it's blending. Colvig, I do. Cobell. <laughs> Selv, Selvig and Colvig. It's the same. Patricia Arquette. She fucking hustles. She she gets on the phone. She's in her car, driving all over the road, driving fucking crazy. And th- there's three things that I fucking love about this scene. One, you have her pull up to the main building to run in, and she doesn't even fucking put the emergency brake on or anything. The car just keeps rolling away. I thought that was really funny. She calls Milchek. Milchek gets what's going on. They're like, you need to get in the room and make sure that you know they turn off this uh, overtime protocol.
6: They told me not to talk to you The goddamn OTC's been triggered Mark S is a fucking idiot What? That's not possible It's Dylan, they've been plotting this all along Helly's at the gala I'll take care of Helly I'll fix it like I fix everything Get to the security office and shut it off now
0: we talked about those long hallways and it being a maze. That motherfucker was running with like his arms behind his yeah. back and they were like I don't oh, know. like this. Oh that's right.
2: Like the Terminator too.
0: You're right. That's what it was.
2: Well what was the second Terminator's name? Not T one thousand. T one thousand. Remember he ran so Yeah with robotic, his arms at the side. I but but totally looked so fast yep. and he looked
1: so fast.
2: He looked so fast and he looked
1: scary. Yeah. Intense. Yeah. It's very serious.
2: What I love, though, is when he gets to the room. Yes, so Dylan yes. puts a tie around the door in order to, you know, slow whoever might try barging in down. But what cracks me up is Milchak busts out this big ass knife, like yes. a buck knife. <laughs> and he it takes him forever to cut through this freaking tie. Like, what is this tie made of? I thought. I, I thought
0: it was a, a belt. Yeah, it was a belt. I think it was ah, a leather
1: belt.
2: Okay, that makes Not better sense. I thought Pritchard it was a tie. Thing, but,
1: but I think he, it was a leather belt. So okay. he's going through it. And but still, that knife should have cut that leather belt way quicker. I agree. <laughs> he's yelling at Dylan. He's like, Dylan, open the door, man. Open the door. I'm <laughs> he's trying to, to convince this. him in a million different ways. and Dylan's Dylan like, really holds his spot, man. I know you're in there, Dylan. Open the door. Fuck
0: you, Mr. Melchick. So this whole show, all fucking 45 minutes at this point, has been him with his fingers holding these goddamn buttons. Yep, sweating ass And I'm just wa- off. sweating, and I'm waiting for him okay. to drop it. This motherfucker is not going to. And this is when I first realized he's going to hold this no matter what. And he starts yelling at Milchick, I want to see my kid! And Milchick's going, you have three kids. I'll tell you all about them. Let me in. And he's still cutting through the knife. Finally, Milchick busts in and runs at him and tackles him. And he lets go of the buttons. When he lets go, three things were happening. You have Irving, John Turturro's character... He was walking up to the door of Christopher Walken's house and either about to knock on it or he just did. One I think two. he had knocked. Did he? Okay, I, I think so. Or he was just really close to it, but yeah. You have Helly R. who was giving her presentation and she started. She started as Helly R. saying, I am an innie. I don't want to be in there. And she starts... None of
2: us are happy. Yeah. We all mm-hmm. want
0: out. And everybody's laughing at first and she's like, no, I'm serious. And then her... You know, obviously it clicks over for her right then. And then Mark is at his sister's house and he picks up a picture of him and Rickon and his sister and his wife. And he makes the connection because this is really the any Mark. Yep. He realizes his wife's inside that building alive. And he comes running out to tell his sister and he just yells, she's alive. And right then is when he lets go of those two buttons. and That's how the season finale ends. It just cuts to black.
1: Yeah.
6: The board won't be contributing to this meeting vocally.
0: So, let's let's talk about a few things and tie this up. First okay. of all, forget how it ended for a minute. You guys were hooked in on this show, absolutely. Did you like it?
2: Uh, yes, I did. So,
0: what really brought you in in the beginning? What made it so that you wanted to watch mm-hmm. this show?
2: I would say the cast, um, Great cast. Ben Stiller, d- d- uh, produced <sighs> how and directed. Have we not mentioned I ben don't know ben how that yet. didn't come Jesus, up yet. Yeah. Um, so, and curious, I, I love a show that is a different story. I think too often, you know, we see the same story told in a different way with a different cast of characters that it's very rare that something is actually surprising and different.
0: Agreed. Yeah. And to be fair, we left out a lot of stuff in this. So even if you want to go back and watch this, there's so many more characters. There's so much more going on. So uh, we won't spoil everything for you, but I think that it's a nice start to see if you were interested,
1: but get the gist of what we thought of it. Chuck, what did you think about the beginning? What, what drew you in? Um, you know, uh, characters, absolutely, right? I mean, you have this this duality of, I mean, they're completely different inside now. Yeah. Right? Completely different people. I mean, you mostly just see Mark, but I mean, he's a totally different person. I think the big thing for me was that the, like, psychological question of this like would you do this don't get to that yet i'm just saying that's that's what drew me in yeah yeah i agree that's the part that really hooked me was was just the question of it i mean it's a very deep thought process fucked up yeah it's really
0: fucked up i i also loved the cast of characters um adam scott i love I liked him when he was on a show called Party Down years ago. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Everybody on that show was. Everybody went to do more Mm -hmm. from that show. He was on Parks and Rec, which I never got really into, but the few episodes I watched, he was perfect. He did his character justice. I've watched that one a couple times over. So I really liked liked him. John Chaturro. Like, he's fantastic. Oh, great actor, yeah. Christopher Walken, Patricia Arquette. Like, they're fantastic. Now, the rest of the supporting cast, they filter in. The woman who plays Helly R., the guy who plays Dylan, Um, there's other people we haven't even talked about. They are so good in their roles and play such different characters. It is truly refreshing because it's so new. Mm -hmm. It's different than anything else out there. So I was hooked right out of the gate. That whole opening scene with her on the table, it was mesmerizing. But man, you get two scenes, I'm sorry, two episodes in, and that's such an afterthought. Mm -hmm. You know, This show has really nothing to do with that part. It's everything else. It's just crazy. So... We get to the season finale. I already told you, I was on pins and needles for that whole fucking episode. I was waiting for Dylan to let go of the buttons on accident because he was too sweaty. But no, he stood there like a champ. Milchek charged him and tackled him. That's how the episode ends. But they, all three people on the outside are in such intriguing places. Like, What are they going to do next? What are they going to say next? But the thing that I think, there's, there were so many questions. What is the work they're doing? You know why does?
2: What's up with the departments? What's the purpose of yep. the departments? Yep,
0: there's departments we didn't even get into. There's other departments in the building, We're which just...
2: which they don't have, don't seem to have people in departments cross over.
0: No,
3: at no crossover. They, they, Yeah, they, they don't want really to keep see them
2: segregated. Yep. It seems
3: they're not ready. You can't take them yet. They're not ready. It isn't time.
0: But here's the, here's the thing. You get to the season finale, and there are so many questions that are not answered. And we were kind of expecting to know why are they in there, what's the work they're doing, what does this whole company actually do. We don't find out any of it. It's really a story about the four of them wanting to get out. Uh, and it's just kind of left there.
2: I know when I texted you guys the other night, and I at first I was a little pissed at the ending. <laughs> I was But the too. more I, I thought agree. about it, I thought it was actually quite perfect. Because that, you know, w- like when they break off, which we don't get to see that on the other side, you know it, it's just that ending. Like they're outies they're that any leaving just ended. So I actually found it to be more perfect than I thought I was willing to accept.
1: Well, and, and think about when the, all right, so any Mark, mm-hmm. just for example, is at this party, he's running through the house yelling, she's alive or whatever he's saying. Assuming they let him back to work, his next like memory is gonna be coming down this elevator. I mean, he can't and they're
2: not gonna remember Or will they? I no, guess they,
0: they, they could. would, yeah. Because yeah, the, the, the in contingency
2: it, yeah. overtime the overtime yeah. contingency
0: so, Dylan remembered. So trippy to me. So going into that ending, I was expecting all these answers. Didn't get any, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like watching, you know, Lost when there was the numbers and the hatch, and you want to yeah. know what they do. You gotta wait.
1: It, um Yeah, it, it was a very lost esque ending. I agree. Right, lots of questions, almost no answers, but still really good. So I well mean, directed. I didn't hate it, yeah. but man, did it just create more and more questions? I loved it.
0: I thought about that all the next day. Yeah. I thought it was I such too, a good episode,
2: which is what made me go back and be like, okay,
0: you know, it's kind of a dark show, and it not everybody's dark. into that kind of stuff. Like my wife would not like this show. Yeah. I love this show. I mean, to me, this is a 10. I don't think they did anything wrong. I think the acting was great. The directing was great. The concept was great. The story was absolutely incredible. It was amazing. And it's all so new and fresh. And there's so many little things that we didn't even talk about. I'll give you one little example. The first episode, Mark gets to the elevator. Before he gets to the elevator, he goes to a little tiny locker. And he drops off his car keys, his watch. He switches watches. He puts his wallet in there. And he switches shoes. He switches from whatever he's wearing to dress shoes. And he gets on the elevator, goes up, and then comes down and switches back to everything else. That poor any motherfucker has been wearing dress shoes for his entire existence <laughs> for two years. Yep. like He doesn't even know what casual Friday is. That's some <laughs> bullshit. That's got to be stressful. Incredible show. I loved it. I mean, can't wait. I'm hoping it's renewed. I'm assuming it's renewed for a second season.
4: I, hope I, so too. I think
1: so. It's, I think it's been a really popular show. Like you were saying earlier, it's really highly rated. Um, I'm guessing that there will definitely be a second season. If not, someone's got some explaining to do because I have a lot of questions. Someone's
0: got some explaining to do. <laughs> explaining. All right. We are gonna bounce. We're gonna we're gonna play out with a song. We're gonna smoke some sun fuel here. Usually we come back and talk for a little bit. We're not going to. We're gonna bump right to the B
1: side. Chuck, you wanna play us out with a song tonight? Sure. We're listening to uh Lake Superior by the Arcs.
0: Lake Superior by the Arcs. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great week. <music> my baby. Today's Wordle must be a podcast. Oh, who sent that? Okay. Gabe. Gabe. Ah. Let's do it right now, guys. Wordle. Wordle?
2: Yep. Oh, man. I have three letters.
0: I have
1: four. I also have four. But, it's not but none of me. my
2: letters are in the right place.
1: Mine aren't either. I cannot, for the life of me. Are we allowed to share letters? I mean, at this point, it might be the only way we get through with
2: this. I know. I feel like <laughs> I really right. study these sometimes.
1: <laughs> I got T, H, E, and I. Oh, there's an H. I have an S.
2: I have an S as well. I have a so T. So the e. first
0: letter's got to be S because all my other letters are yellow. The
1: first letter is not. No,
2: the first letter S. is not S. It's not.
0: No, nope, it's not, not T either. It is not. So it's
1: H. H or E because I is in the middle.
0: I is in the middle. Yes. So what would H E I heist
1: heist
2: H E I oh my god S <laughs> T yeah
1: nice job. You know who gave the biggest clue out of all of this?
2: <laughs>
1: heist. Gabe really gave the biggest clue out of that.
2: He didn't give any
1: clue.
0: Yeah, yeah, he, he did. did. He heist. said all
1: three of us. Oh, totally makes sense.
2: It does.
0: I gotta. Did you guys all get, get it in three? Yes. Yes. Let's all text him back. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, he, he didn't text me.
0: Uh, oh, he didn't? No.
1: Should I still send it to him? You should. Well, that's fun. Heist aroma. All right, I sent it to him too. <laughs> Heist aroma. Okay, that's going to fuck him up, right?
0: No, he knows we're recording tonight. He knows you're here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't take Colombo <laughs> to figure that one out.
2: Columbo. <laughs> How With the, the fuck did he know they were doing
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> if <laughs> I was on the receiving end of that, I would be flabbergasted yeah, right That now. makes That makes
0: sense.
5: I'm going to freaking explode inside you. I'm going to mm-hmm.
0: spill it. I'm going to fill you up. Oh. I'm
5: going to fill you up. What? I'm going
2: to fill you oh, no. up.
0: Okay, just let me do the talking. Okay. Okay. You know why I know that? Because I'm bitter she didn't bang me. She Uh, banged everybody else. She did bang everybody (laughs) else.
2: We will call her Maria as an Ave Maria. (laughs) I like it. But, so I remember one time I'm on the elevator with her. First of all, this woman, she was tall. She was single. She was blonde. She was good looking.
5: Stand up in her car seat, press her ass against the window, flash her bleach
2: butthole. But She was very bizarre. So bizarre, she had cat contact lenses, <laughs> which were just like so weird to look but she at. She wore to and like speak. work. Yes, she wore huh. them to a, the corporate heist. Like what year was at.
0: this? 1999,
1: oh. 2000? Yeah, 90s I'd say that. with cat
4: eye contact 2001? 90s. Seems awfully early. Mm-hmm. Head of her game. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, she. I, 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 the first time this happened, I remember I was taken aback. But we were in an elevator, and she just was basically telling me how she likes to just fuck random dudes I don't know, out of out of nowhere. Dude. We'd never <laughs> talked about that stuff before, and I was like, "Oh, oh, it's cool." How did you not I tell mean, me the story then?
0: You're a bad friend.
2: How am I a bad friend? I would have fucked her. Well, then years later, I find out this woman's been fucking everybody all yeah. over the company except you.
0: Except me. <laughs> so she ends up getting fired from the company for fucking a janitor in a stairwell. What?
2: I heard it was with two men. <laughs> two like, janitors? Like, no, I heard oh. it was like managers. Well, it's
1: no, like an Eiffel Tower so situation. Then it, it could have
2: been. He did a restraining order on me, so I bought him a Jeep G-Print Cherokee to prove I loved him. I guess <laughs> the whole point of why I was bringing it up, and I, whatever we said ahead of that was what stemmed me into thinking about that, was just how she put that out there and was just f- free for all with the information of what she chose to do in her personal life. Yeah. And I was like, dang. I <laughs> all I I just bring you these files occasionally.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she wanted you to be part of it. <laughs>
2: I was like run. <laughs> run. <laughs> But I remember one night we were at Benegans after work. You remember going to oh, Benegans, yeah, it was the time. close to the office there. Okay. And she and I were chatting and I think I was pretty then, you know, now that the cat was out of the bag huh, with her cat eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we were just discussing it over some drinks at Benegans for happy hour. And next thing I know her hand is on my leg. Nice. And I was like How have you never told me this? I don't think I'm gonna. I think I kissed someone that night. <laughs> Actually,
0: <laughs> not her. It wasn't her. But you missed out. <laughs> it's just you and me on that list now.
5: <laughs> I hope you're not using the toilet. It's broken. Huh? The toilet doesn't flush.
0: Buddy Mine's a sales guy. He goes out to Wisconsin to some Ann Arbor sized city. Okay, it's nothing nothing huge, but it's not tiny either. It's not a little dirt town. He stays at his hotel. He's a tall, strapping, good-looking salesman. He decides, uh, he has a a client meeting down the block. So he starts walking down there. He's making some other stops. He, He passes a gas station, passes a construction site, goes into one of those buildings that has many offices in it. It's like seven floors, and every floor has individual doors for different offices. And as he's getting there, he realizes he's got to piss so bad. He's got to go to the bathroom so bad he can barely hold it. He walks in, and there's no bathroom on the first floor. It's just this bank of elevators. So he hits it, and he's like, on his way up, and he's going to like 6, and he just can't stand it. He's like bouncing. He's like, i got to go. Like, you've had that feeling. Well, yeah. You just oh, got to yeah. piss. Oh, yeah. So he he stops on a floor lower, runs out. He goes into the first office he finds and walks in, and nobody's there. He goes past their little reception Goes through the, you know, these little tiny desks and everything and finds a bathroom in the back. Goes past their kitchen and everything. Runs in there. There's a urinal and a toilet. And he drops his pants and runs up to the urinal. He's got to go, got to go, got to go. He drops his pants. and oh, Let's go and he shits himself. <laughs> what? Mm. How? <laughs> he, he had to piss so bad that he wasn't concentrating that he was holding a poop bag. And when <laughs> he just you know, relaxed and released, he shit himself.
2: I hope it came out whole.
0: So,
1: <laughs> easier to clean up. There's, yeah. there's
0: yeah. a <laughs> urinal and a toilet there. And he's at the urinal, so he spins around, sits on the toilet, finishes up. He reaches into his underwear and pants, now that are on the ground, right, because he's sitting down, and he picks up this log of shit. It's whole. It's whole. So yeah, answer that question. Drops it in the toilet. <laughs> wipes. Hits the flush button. Nothing happens. So he's like, whatever. He goes to the sink, gets all this soap, gets his hands all soapy, goes turn on the water. There's no water. So he's grabbing this paper towel, and he's like wiping it. But he's got shitty, soapy hands. Like, what are you going to do? So he's trying to wipe it off. Now, he's a professional. He's not going to let this meeting go by. He's all the way out in Wisconsin for a reason. He's going to go see these people. He's committed. And he's smart, right? He's not going to go in with just some shitty, soapy hands. Right. So he walks in. He goes goes up to the sixth floor, goes to the receptionist's desk. It says... Hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm here for a meeting. Uh, before you introduce me, would you mind if I used your restroom? Right? He's thinking. He's going to go yeah. down there and wash his hands. So smart. She goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I would absolutely let you. But there's a construction site next door, and they hit a water main. The whole building's out of water. <laughs> he wipes his hands on his pants. He goes, okay. And he goes into the meeting with shitty, soapy hands. Uh. <laughs> and does his presentation. He did oh not get God. the sale.
2: I would just think about... The teeming germs on the hands.
0: So I know I told MJ this story years ago because I remember when and where we were. Uh-huh. Do you remember?
2: Were we out of town?
0: We were on our way out of town. We were flying to Texas, oh, okay. to Dallas. Yeah. And we were on a plane, just the two of us in two seats, drinking Bloody Marys. And I dropped this story. I've never seen her laugh so hard. <laughs> I thought she was going to so fall nasty. over me into the aisle laughing because I mean at this point we're a little inebriated and yeah. I mean, it's a grotesque story.
2: It's a terrible. St- I mean, it's a great story to hear you tell it <laughs> and orate it and well, put some color to it. I can see why so he put panicked. some doo doo brown color to it.
0: I would have grabbed toilet paper to pick up the shit out of my pants. Total
2: at, at,
1: <laughs> at the very least. Yes. I probably, probably would have
2: tried to roll it in. From the underwear somehow I, instead I of having to handle out. it in it, any yeah, way. Yeah, what did he
1: do with his underwear and his. Pe- like, did he. Th- Those underwear are trash. I mean, he, they're going in the trash. Yeah, yeah I would yeah, think okay.
2: so. Yeah, it's you a, still uh, have to do something about it. But you that still got to go do
1: this presentation. <laughs> hey, exactly. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: no, I was Sorry, thinking that too. Dukey. Like,
0: he left an open <laughs> roaster, man. That was gross. So, that was my favorite part of the story. And this is what I tried to relate to Kimberly's story. Two things happened. He panicked in the heat of the moment and grabbed the shit with both hands and put it in the toilet. Ah, so he had shit in his hands. There's many other reasons, other things he should have done. It was the heat of the moment. So when Kimberly's Benoit balls hit the ground, I was like, "Did you just stuff them back in?" (laughs) Like heat of the moment, shit happens, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Shit happens Um, for him. It certainly did. And I I understand why she would not. But that's you know thinking. Kimberly, who knows what heat of the moment Kimberly would have done? Apparently, she would have run.
2: Well, again. Ben balls touching the earth and Ugh. then stuffing them back in nature's pocket doesn't sound... Yeah, but sound... heat of the moment.
0: No, that's what is getting at. Yeah, I mean...
2: It, well, Yeah, but you gotta... You're embarrassed. To said Ben ball. you gotta, like, yeah. get into position <laughs> right. and, a, and aid it into
1: place. It's a, it's a, it's a very unlikely down? scenario. Sit down later. I don't, up. but... Well, I'm just
0: curious what you have to do. Do you, you just, should. like, hike one, ta- one leg up on the, the uh, bathroom sink?
2: That's an option, okay. for sure. Something to create a little space to work with. Okay.
0: That makes sense. So my favorite part of this whole story, though, is the part that nobody ever thinks of. And this is back to the guy shitting in the toilet. The whole building's out of water, right? He went to an office where there was no one. They all got sent home because there was no water. So the following day, whenever they fix that, everybody comes back to the office, and somebody walks in, they're like, who the fuck shit in the bathroom? God damn it, we told everybody there was no water. We told everybody to go home. I bet it was Carl. Fucking Carl.
5: taking it slow Feel-
1: You know how my mind works when it comes to tongs.